This is FemPower Health. Each week, top women's health experts dispel fact from fiction. The most important pelvic floor exercise is not the Kegel. Challenge the status quo. It's never easy to challenge the accepted leaders, and especially if you're a woman. Provide perspective on why your healthcare journey may be so tough. All of that fear and worry, it all upregulates our nervous system, puts us into fight or flight mode, and increases our pain sensitivity. And what you can do about it. The number one thing is you have to advocate for yourself, and you have to be prepared. Your journey to get empowered starts now. Some of these chemicals are connected to our IQ, how smart we are, how high functioning we are as individuals. And now you're talking about each and every single one of us are impacted. We are the first series of parents who are giving birth to children, my children, Georgie, yours, who will not, they are not expected to have as healthy of a life as we do because we live in a chronic state of disease. Welcome to FemPower Health. Georgie here. I am pleased to bring to you today Amy Ziff, who is the founder of Made Safe, which is on a mission to revolutionize how consumer products are made, thereby eliminating the use of harmful chemicals from the marketplace to ensure a safe and sustainable future for all. And she will share shocking data and her own personal story that led her to create Made Safe. But of course, at FemPower Health, we always offer solutions. So we will also share some practical guidance on what you can do and how you can find safe products for your own life. And you can check out the show notes for links to some of the resources that may help you on that journey as well. So let's hear from Amy. Amy, it's so nice to have you on the FemPower Health Podcast. Thank you so much for making time. And I actually love how we met. There's, you know, a lot of times I, you know, come up with a topic and I do tons of research on the guest or I know experts who will refer me to people, but we actually met in a unique way. We live in the same town of Irvington, New York, and we were playing tennis. And, you know, because I'm new to the community, I'm trying to talk to everybody um, to make new friends. And we started chatting and you mentioned that your husband has a startup and I was talking about women's health. You told me a little bit about Made Safe. And here we are. I was like, this would be a great podcast topic. So thank you, neighbor. So before we dive into this amazing topic, why don't you give us some of your background? Sure. My background is never what people expect. Um, I kind of like that. Uh, It's part of why I think I come at this work from a unique perspective. What I bring first and foremost is that I am a mom. And um, that's really important to my story. My mom changed my life. And um, when it came my turn to have kids, my children were, I have three. My first was a singleton, normal baby, all of those things, fortunately. And then I had twins and I brought them home from the hospital and they were allergic to things I didn't know you could be allergic to. And it was this moment of illumination. And as I dug into it and tried to figure out what was causing their irritations, their allergies, their symptoms, so I could try and manage it, 
I found out that there are all these chemicals that we invite unwittingly oftentimes into our lives that have a major impact on our health and well-being, sometimes in an acute way, like was happening with my kids in the very, you know, present moment, and sometimes off into the distance for our own selves in our lives, uh, but even impacting future generations. And as I learned that, it scared the pants off of me. And I was like, okay, here my babies are the most precious thing on the, you know, in the world to me. And my job is to protect them. How do I do that better? And I thought I can't be the only mom around who wants this information. And I was living in Northern California at the time. My background was as a journalist and an internet entrepreneur. And I just thought, this is a business that needs to happen. And the way that developed is a long story, but it ultimately led me to the path of forming a nonprofit and making Made Safe, which is our consumer focused seal, which much like the organic is for food, provides a standard and a set of scientific principles by which we assess ingredients, materials, and substances that go into the things that we use every day and determine whether or not those are made with safe ingredients. And by that, we mean, is it going to be harmful to humans? Is it going to be bad for our air, our water, our soil, the sediment that everything ultimately settles in, as well as aquatic life and terrestrial life? So that really includes a whole 360-degree approach to the ecosystem that we are just one part of and that we depend on for thriving. And so Made Safe is rooted very deeply in science. It relies on green science and innovation to help create change. And we're really just, our mission is to change how products are made for a healthier future. And it connects to so many pieces of health. So I'm extremely passionate about living the healthiest life that you can and pushing the levers that each of us can do in our own way. Some of us have access to incredible doctors and teams of people who can do really complex stuff and others of us don't. And this is a place for anyone to start if they want to live a healthier life, protect themselves, preserve their potential, encourage peak performance, like all of these things that I thought were imperative and that helped me navigate the world when my kids were showing signs of allergies, which is the first line of defense for someone who's in a health crisis or leading to that. And so that's how I got started. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So as I'm listening to you, you know, I've been doing this podcast. I mean, this is now season four. And one of the observations that I have is, actually a few of them that all tie together is one, we've gotten into this um, quick fix culture. I think with social media and the speed of technology, it's all quick fix. Because of that and how busy we are, even though we have technology, I feel like we're busier than we used to be. What I also think is happening or observe happening is that people will wait until there's a big problem to do something about it. And what I love about what you're doing is helping us be educated 
on how to be proactive. Yeah. So the truth is, this is relevant to everyone, no matter what stage or phase of their life they're in. Um, We live in a chemical age. It's just the lives we lead. It is very different than things were 100 years ago, 50 years ago. This usually gets people. For example, there is no more clean air. We have so polluted our environment. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist nowhere on the planet. Is there any more clean air? Fresh air? Yes, absolutely. Clean air? No. So you start there. Then you take facts like um, the CDC says household indoor air pollution is attributable to 20% of cancers, meaning 20% of cancers have an environmental cause coming from our indoor air. That impacts all of us. That's, there's a lot of cancer. One in three people in their lifetime will be diagnosed with cancer. One in four people will die of cancer. That's just one of the major uh, diseases. And not all of them are necessarily counted by the chemical cost that's attributing it. But we know that certain chemical exposures, especially at what's called a window of development, can have a major impact of whether or not you get cancer later in life. And so the reason this comes home for me is none of us escape cancer, whether it's for us or someone we love. And if you're telling me that there are things that I can do to lower my risk factors, well, then sign me up. I want that. I want to do that. And there are really easy ways to start putting you on a path to do that. And it turns out it isn't just cancer. You talk a lot on this show about women's issues and fertility and infertility. And we know that one in eight couples struggle with infertility, inexplicable infertility, like I did. And it's often called idiopathic, like the doctors don't understand why. Well, I work with a lot of scientists who are studying not just fertility and infertility, but the chemicals known as endocrine disrupting chemicals. Those chemicals, specifically mass and monkey with your hormones, our hormones system is developing in utero and it continues all the way to the day we die. It is this intricate symphony of events that happen without our even knowing, like our heart beating, just doing the work that it's supposed to do. But when you're exposed to certain chemicals, they can mimic the job or the role of other chemicals and spur certain things. That is part of what can spur disease, what can spur issues with fertility. And we're seeing a decline in fertility. Male fertility is dropping at a rate of 1% a year. Well, when you draw that out on a timeline in 100 years, we're going to have infertility in all men. What is going on with that? It's not just the women, but these issues impact all of us. And there are dotted lines to chemicals. So again, I come back to that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean there are things I can do my daily life to lower my risk for cancer, to increase my fertility likelihood, to decrease my likelihood of getting breast cancer or another high risk for women cancer that will lower my risk for Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, my kids, ADD, ADHD, whatever you want to call it. Like, wait a minute, these 
some of these chemicals are connected to our IQ, how smart we are, how high functioning we are as individuals. And now you're talking about each and every single one of us are impacted. We are the first series of parents who are giving birth to children, my children, Georgie, yours, who will not, they are not expected to have as healthy of a life as we do because we live in a chronic state of disease. And I do not say this to be terrifying or to be outrageous or salacious. I say it to get the conversation to the point of reality. This impacts everyone. The chemicals that we produce into billions of pounds a year are legal in our system. They've had very little study. They impact our health. And the only way to take action is by doing the work yourself to do that, figuring out what the major things are where you can start to uh, enact that, lower your risk from disease by what we call turning off your epigenetics, kind of turning them down, dialing down the risk factors. And right now we don't have a pill to take for these diseases, much as we wish we, we could or would. And that's why I'm dedicated to helping people find things that they can reduce the chemical impact in their lives and give them an easy way into that and then start to learn because it can be terrifying. And um, I know that because I've been there. And um, the good thing is that every single exposure we remove from our surroundings is one less that our body has to deal with. And yes, our bodies are designed to detox, to get rid of um, things that aren't good for us. But because they're so ubiquitous now, our bodies have to work so hard, we got to help them. We got to help them. And the way to do that is to lower your chemical exposures and consciously decrease the chemical body burden. Just to bring it home as well with a practical example, I recently did an interview with a company that developed a, an at-home test using the science of tears to detect cancer. And right now they have a test for breast cancer one of the papers or blogs that they had written spoke about how through many years of research of real world data, they are finding that chemical hair straighteners are linked to uterine cancer. It's probably not just uterine cancer, it's probably a lot of other things. And so that's a practical thing of, do I really need to get my hair professionally straightened? <laughs> right. The keratin treatments, the Japanese straightening, I did them all because for a period of my life, I was doing a lot of journalism really early mornings on TV and I just didn't want to have to deal with my hair. So I straightened it for about a decade. And every time I would sit in that chair, my eyes would tear and burn. And I was like, oh, and it was before I did all this work. And then I was like, hmm, what were those chemicals? I mean, I never even thought to ask. I did a little digging. And we have known for a long time that there's formaldehyde in those. And formaldehyde is a known carcinogen. It's one of the things that my kids were allergic to. Some people more reactive than others. But the, my point, I guess, these chemicals, we know that they are associated with harm. And sometimes we know very specifically the action of harm, but there's a ton of science out there existing today that is 
is convincing enough that we should take action. But we don't live in a country or a world that is putting that action at the forefront. Instead, we put profits over people and we don't require testing before products go to market. In most cases, chemicals are allowed to be put into products with information provided from the company manufacturer chemical manufacturer who has produced it showing that it's fine showing that it's okay so we have the fox guarding the hen house and companies making billions of dollars in profits that are responsible for grading their own homework i don't think it's a sufficient system i deserve better and guess what i'm gonna demand better and that's why i work to educate people because the first place that you can take action is in your own home in the choices you make with what you buy and we can send a very very powerful uh message to wall street about what we want to companies about what we want and guess what they'll change if we demand it so what i want is a hair straightener that doesn't contain all that lousy nasty chemicals that won't harm me with respect to needing medication so are you finding by chance that when people are removing these chemicals we're finding that maybe some of these conditions that they've been diagnosed with really start to go away like ADHD and, and some of these other factors like where is the data around that because again some people say I don't want to give XYZ up so I'm going to choose medication and that happens but I, I think people want to do it from a place of this is my choice rather than I didn't know so do you have any data around any specific or just general conditions that may go away and medication may not be needed simply by removing certain chemicals? Yeah, thank you. That is an amazing question. And I want to say two things. First is I'm not a doctor. I work with a lot of doctors and scientists. We have on our board um, a number of MDs. Uh, we also have NDs um, and functional medicine doctors. So we have philosophy around a variety of approaches being important. We also have experts, and then we have a ton of PhDs, and they tend to be very area specific. And one of the things that I was really searching for when I first came to this and when my kids were sick was looking for who are the MDs that are talking about how there are these correlatives between the things that we're using, the the action of or, or method that they are impacting us, and 100% there are correlatives between chemicals in our environment and our capacity to think. Um, we also know our diet is really impactful there. I'll say a couple of things on the chemicals. So there are a lot of fragrance chemicals that are impactful to the brain and the neurocircuitry, um, but there are tons of different avenues for this. And I would say reducing your chemical exposure is a great place to start. But if you want to look at ADD specifically, a great organization, full disclosure, I'm on their advisory board, is called um, Documenting Hope. And they are actually helping reverse diagnoses. They are working with kids showing you can actually take a kid who's autistic and in certain instances give them all kinds of structured um, help everything from reducing their chemicals, changing their diet, 
certain therapies and other modalities uh, to lose the diagnosis or even improve where they are on the spectrum. It's incredibly inspiring. It's run by a woman, Beth Lambert, and um, led by Dr. Martha Herbert, who was at Harvard and Beth Israel, and um, has written a book about uh, recovering from autism. And it really connects on this issue. So I'd rather defer to them, but yep. leave the like breadcrumbs of, yes, you can help your kid with all kinds of conditions, neurological and other skin conditions are really common, autoimmune conditions, allergies, all the things that so many of our kids show up with and that we just are you know, as moms kind of accepting as the norm, because it seems so common that like, yeah, you know, little Joey carries his EpiPen and so does three other kids in the class. And we can't have peanuts because so many kids are allergic to it. And we can't have, you know, gluten because so many kids are allergic to it. And so we start just thinking that it's normal to be this allergic, but it isn't we're doing something in our environment. When you study how fast the rise in allergies has been, it doesn't track to normal evolutionary kinds of disease rates. It skyrocketed. And that indicates we humans are doing something to spur these issues. And I don't want to I think it's really important because I think this is one of the things that, you know, brought me to this work was I don't want to blame the person having the problem, but I also, I want to empower that person yep. who's struggling or their child is struggling or their loved one is and give them ways in. And that's why I made safe. I mean, we have, we have over 3000 products certified. It's like, what do you need next? Where do you want to start in your house? We've got lots of information and education to help people find their way in. But beyond that, um, you know, if people want to go deeper, there are things that they can do and um, ways to relate it really personally into their, you know, into their lives. I completely agree with you that this is about empowerment and being able to make thoughtful decisions based on how we want to live our life, rather than, rather than being in this reactionary, panic, uninformed mode, because also with the dynamics of our healthcare system, I mean, imagine going to your doctor, whether you're the adult going or you're taking your kid. I'm sure based on how healthcare training works, it would take them forever to ever pinpoint and say, hey, was it you were giving, you know, was it your breastfeeding pillow? I think that was one of your examples in the in your TED talk. You know, check out your breastfeeding pillow. Let's see if that's what's affecting your kid. Like I will guarantee you, like maybe 0.1% of pediatricians will bring that up to you, right? Yeah. And and the thing is it isn't necessarily any one thing. And that's right. You know, that's frustrating, but also an opportunity. There are lots yep. of places. That's why I talk about like the levers you can pull. Maybe you're not ready to go there on the diet. It's so hard to give up refined sugar, gluten, you know, dairy, whatever it is. But maybe where you feel ready to start is like, huh, well, I'm having all these 
allergies, irritations, my, you know, my nose is going crazy. Maybe I'll play with fragrance. Maybe I can just drop out to non-fragrance products and see what happens. Um, fragrance is a huge backdoor for all kinds of chemicals that touch on everything we've talked about today, really. It's just a loaded gun. And if you have allergies, irritations, that would be a great place to start. You know, a lot of people use those plugins. Those are connected to um, ADD. You, we were talking about that, like get rid of synthetic fragrance. That would be my number one, you know, easy place to start. If you're just like, I don't really know, and I'm not sure. And then, you know, I say create a healthier place to sleep, like in your bedroom, Start thinking about that because your role for your body at night is actually where your body does the rejuvenation work, the detoxification work, the jettisoning of the chemicals. That's when your body does it. If you are not sleeping well, and if you're not sleeping in what I'd call a clean environment, then you are not necessarily allowing your body to do its full work and a work in a 24 hour cycle that it was designed to do. So that's like, you know, a great place to start too. And I'm happy to, you know, talk about that. But my point is there are, there are really a lot of places people can get started and, and make a difference in their own, you know, in their own lives. And I, I obviously work with a lot of people who are, are in this and I've had people come to my house who are like, I'm allergic whenever I travel and I have, I sleep really badly and all these things. They're like, why did I sleep so well in your house? And I'm like, oh, well, because I've really done the job to detox my house and you're not getting a hit of, you know, EMF at night. You're not getting all those like Wi-Fi things coming in. You're sleeping on a natural mattress. You don't have any um, fragrance. You know, there's just all these things that I'm like, your body's just not dealing with it. So guess what it can do? Rest. You know, that's pretty simple, but but that's a good place, a good place to begin and kind of how I like to help people think about like, yes, you can actually do this and you can do it at your own pace and in your own way, you can make a difference. I bought this alarm clock where it simulates the sunrise and I would sleep through it. So I, I, you could say, turn the music louder. Okay, so I'll, I'll do that and I'll try that. But here's the the thing that I can't figure out how to solve for is I listen to the Breathe app. Um, and I, by the way, I'm not paid to say talk about it, but um, I love it so much. I tell everyone it's B-R-E-E-T-H-E. And they have um, bedtime stories, meditation, um, tapping exercises, lectures, you name it. And so I listen to that at night to fall asleep. And so I've always wanted to go back to sleeping in my room without my phone, but I use that to go to sleep. So how do I solve for that? You know, for those of us who need whatever thing, like if we put our phone next to us to monitor our sleep or we wear our Apple watch to monitor things like what what would you say to to those of us who are like, but I use these things and they're all on this darn phone. I wore an aura ring for a bunch of months because I wanted to track and understand my sleep, my heart, different things. I got a lot of information from it. It was great. And I gave it to my husband. I don't need to have it 
all the time and I don't want it. I don't want the Wi-Fi pulling. Um, I don't want that interfering with my own body function. I think we are very, very, very early in learning about how that stuff impacts us. So I say use it and lose it. I know that's not what people want to hear. If you do have to use your phone to get to sleep, make sure it's more than 10 feet away from you in your room because those are definite uh, measures where the Wi-Fi pull starts to die off. But some people, you know, there are people who are so sensitive who have an outlet with like their alarm clock or whatever plugged in behind their bed and the hum from that can be irritating. It isn't everybody, but it is some people. And so if somebody is having trouble with sleeping, I'm like, get all of that stuff away. Don't plug into that outlet, move to a different outlet. Um, everything you can do, that's all part of looking at and evaluating your sleep space. But it's not popular. My kids are like, everybody is an Apple Watch and they're so cool and I want one. And I'm like, yeah, and it's never going to happen while you're living in my house because we know, and you can look, read the fine print of your device. It, they should never be on your person. They are not designed to be on your person. I have a little device that I use. It's called a Gauss meter and it measures um, the EMF frequency and I use it on certain things to prove my point. And also for curiosity, I want to see how much Gauss is being sent into certain areas. So like we put in a solar power wall and when you are really close to it, the Gauss measurement is off the chart. And then I'm marched around and I was like, okay, where are we putting this? And I want to see the measurements and where the, the, fall off is so that I know nobody's like sitting in a chair all the time right next to that thing because that wouldn't be good. Look, does it matter if on occasion I go into my garage and I'm near that thing? No. What we look for with exposures, and this is an exposure, is recurring all the time kind of exposures because most exposures don't happen in an acute way. Some do, we can talk about those, you know, a lead exposure, a single exposure could be enough to change your direction in life for, uh, especially for a kid who's developing, um, you know, yeah, there are certain things that are just absolutely fatal in a single exposure, but most of the kind of chemical conundrum exposures I'm talking about, those chemical costs are years of exposure in the making. And so what we're looking to do is help people reduce those and know where the chemical cost even is and how to start to eliminate for that. You know, you mentioned fragrance-free. We talked about, you know, some things around sleep hygiene. Another thing I'm thinking of since this is a women's health podcast is makeup. Like I think back to, for example, Sephora has their, I think it's eco-friendly or green-friendly or whatever the labeling is around some of those makeup products. And I will say there's a couple where I've looked at the ingredients and I'm like, mm, I'm not 100% sure this fully applies. So how is it that we can look at makeup and what should we be concerned about when it comes to makeup? Because I will say when I look at the ingredients, there's not that many brands out there. And so then I go back to even choosing of like, okay, I'm going to maximize all the ones that I know are clean and 
be very selective on the ones like I'm wearing eyeliner right now. I'm, I did not look up. It's L'Oreal. Sorry, L'Oreal. <laughs> I'm not going to get in trouble for saying that, but I, I, I am sure it has things in it. It should not have. This is where my husband is like, boy, you can really clear a room. Every time we go out for, for, you know, seeing people at a party, whatever this kind of this comes up and then it's like, oh, nobody really meant to ask that. They did not like the answer. (laughs) And there's good news and bad news. So, you know, I love the fact that lots of mainstream companies are trying to get their foot in the door in the clean movement. The problem is clean is not defined and it means different things to different people. And in fact, there was just a lawsuit brought against Sephora around their clean makeup ingredients. I don't actually agree with the lawsuit in all kinds of ways, but, um, but what I do think is, uh, my standard is the most rigorous and the highest and my bar is really, really designed to weed out a lot. Let me give you some tangibles. Um, we look to the EU generally as more restrictive um, and prohibitive and doing a better job around chemical management. Um, they, in the EU, restrict around 1,400 chemicals. In the US, by comparison, Remember, U.S. is very pro-chemical. We restrict 11. We haven't even been able to ban asbestos, which is a known carcinogen, uh, from products. That is shocking to people oftentimes, 11 versus 1,400. At Made Safe, we have a banned and restricted list. It is comprised of over 6,500 ingredients. That's where we start. That is not where we end. We look at everything that goes into something. We, when we say transparency, we mean 100% of 100% of what goes in there. So most companies, when they have a clean kind of mandate, they're saying you can't use these things. Maybe their list is 100 long. They should use our list if they really want to be clean. If they really want to do it, that's what I say my throwdown is. Well, then use our list. We'd be happy to share it with you. And um, that would really change things kind of overnight. It is hard to produce makeup and meet this standard. And I'll tell you why. The preservatives, the performance ingredients. There was just a study recently out of um, Berkeley that looked at ingredients in makeup. And they found, especially in eye makeup, this is going to scare you with your eyeliner, um, (laughs) that in eye makeup, there's a lot of um, contamination and intentional perfluorinated, per and polyfluorinated ingredients. Those are the things that you've heard of in the pans, the Teflon pans known as forever chemicals. And the reason why they're called forever chemicals is because they never break down. They will last a glacier's age in kind of ecological, geological time. That's bonkers. We have produced man-made synthetic chemicals and we are using them in stuff that we put on our skin that our bodies cannot possibly break down, that our environment cannot possibly break down. And we are making them at such crazy rates um, that we just accept it as normal, but it, it shouldn't be, right? So Made Safe doesn't permit any per polyfluorinated ingredients. And in fact, we tend to detect them where we see them as intentionally used ingredients and we force them to get out. Makeup is just one place where those things show up. They show up in, you know, 
anti-aging ingredients in waterproof makeups. Um, they show up in clothing and apparel and textiles. They show up in your kitchen, in your pans, and they show up in food wrapping and on and on and on. And those are some of the classes of chemicals we don't permit on our 6500 list and talk and inform about because that is an environmental nightmare and we've created it and the way we have to start reacting against it is getting rid of it so practically speaking then i mean am i hearing you say okay guys no makeup no right so um so what we do is we do the best we can. The next item of makeup you are going to buy, look for a company that's really trying to create change. Do a little digging on that. I will say MadeSafe is not going to have a lot of options for you in makeup. It's something that we struggle with, but just the degree of heavy metal contamination in makeup because of the colors and because like people are like why would there be heavy metals in my makeup but lots of makeup uses things from the earth in order to produce them so minerals different things and because of what we've done to our environment uh, there is heavy metal contamination in our soil and you know you grow kale you're gonna have heavy metals in there because it comes down from the sky, comes down in the rain, um, it gets there through agricultural runoff, like all kinds of things, contamination comes, ends up in our soil, and then it goes up through the food chain and through into the things that we use to, to make stuff. So cosmetics are hard, but getting clean ones you can do in, you know, better. And so I would look at companies that are really setting, like, not the conventional companies, they're not there, that are really trying to deliver against a better premise and promise. And then I would say, you know, trying to avoid, you want to make sure there's no plastics, no phthalates, um, no fragrance, and um, no PFAS in in the ingredients is like the big glaring, like avoids. Um, and that does take a little bit of effort. I will give you a little pro tip. I do tend to look at, I like, there are a few sites out there that have done some pre-vetting when it comes to, to makeup. And I think that can be helpful so that you're starting with a platform of better. Um, and, you know, at least that's, that's one way to go, but there are companies building themselves on, you know, making better products. And I wish it was a perfect one-to-one, -one. but what I will say is I wear less makeup than I used to. I don't wear it every day. And I think about that chemical cost, you know, every time I do it. And if you're looking at the things that you will use every day, every day I wash my face or use some sort of, um, cleanser. And so I make sure that that is going to be made safe certified. And there's lots of options on our website for that. I use as simple a formulation as possible. See yeah. how minimal you can get the ingredient base. And that's really, you know, something to use as a guide to. And then making sure that if you're putting it, you know, like on your lips, or around your eyes, those are points of entry for your body. So spend time, if you're like, mm, do, what do I wanna do? Like those are places where I 
you know, spend more time investigating because that might make its way into my system. But our skin absorbs 60%, maybe even 80 of yeah. what gets put on it. And, um, and so it's your largest organ. We don't think about that, but what you put on your skin really matters. So not just on the cosmetics, but on lots of things, you know, everything from sunscreen. I know people who are crazy about wearing their, their sunscreen. And I just say, are you sure that the chemicals in your sunscreen aren't worse for you than the exposure? Something to think about. Right. FemPower Health is pleased to partner with the upcoming FemTech and Consumer Innovation Summit. The summit is the latest deep dive event, part of the Women's Health Innovation Series, looking to tackle this growing sector of women's health, having had continental success in driving innovation, investment, research, and partnerships in traditional women's health care by bringing together critical stakeholders. Join us in New York on June 7th and 8th as we channel this success into the consumer sector of women's health. Visit www.femtechconsumerinnovation.com to view the superstar speaker lineup and enter code FEMPOWER15 for 15% off your ticket. Hope to see you there. I don't know if your website has a list of testing that you can do to see, I don't know, like the toxicity level in your body of different things so that you can prioritize what to do. Testing is expensive. So getting access to the right test, the best thing to do is work with um, a functional medicine doctor or an integrative doctor or naturopath who knows how to do testing, who's going to say, based on the issues you are having, here's the best way to test. If you want to just do a generic panel, like Silent Spring was offering a generic um, panel of tests, but it covered, you know, some phthalates, some parabens, some um, different, you know, ingredients. I did it. It was, it was interesting for me to see, like I popped on one very specific paraben and guess what? That's the paraben that was in my mascara. Hello. That I didn't wear every day, but would wear when I was doing, you know, media because I wanted my mascara to have better staying, uh, function right on those days. And I was like, no way. Those things exit your system pretty quick. I was like, no way could that be it. But I have eliminated my exposures so well that I could literally pinpoint where it was coming from. And that was bonkers because that's my eye and it was in my urine. And so I find those tests can be really eye-opening, no pun intended, or things like that. But in terms of measuring it for you the thing is that's only a that is that is a, a moment in time you know we know and there was a homerosa study again another study done out of northern california a few years back and it took teenage girls and what they did was looked at the um, cosmetics they were using and they tracked like four four key ingredients and they said okay stop using these we're going to swap them out and in, they measured the decrease um, in just a very short couple days time. And the good news is that when the girls swapped those ingredients out, they had reductions as much as from 30 to 75% reductions in those chemicals in their, in their bloodstream, in their urine. So you can absolutely 
impact your body burden by reducing these chemicals. You don't even have to get them all out. You don't even have to do this 100%. You don't have to get it right. Everything you do do matters. Every single exposure you avoid is a win for your body. And that's what I just try and drive home all the time. In the 1970s, we lived through a period where there was leaded gasoline. And thank you very much to the incredible work of the CDC and Dr. Phil Landrigan, who was there at the time, fought on behalf of getting lead out of gasoline. And guess what they did? And they saw a reduction by, I forget the exact step, maybe it was like 70% reduction in levels of lead in children after doing that. So again, proving like in ways large and small at the governmental level and at the individual level, we can impact what is happening in our own bodies, in our own system by decisions that we make. And then we can lobby our uh, government to take action on the others. And that is an incredibly powerful tool. We know everything we need to know to start to make change. It is very broad. I know that can be something that can feel almost overwhelming, but actually see that as an opportunity. What's bothering you? What are you buying next? That's where you start. That's where you start. And you know, you just make your way inch by inch, creating change in your own life, reducing chemical exposures, and you reap the benefits. And so that's what, you know, what my work is about is about giving people information so they can understand it, sharing what we learn from all of the scientists that are studying this and helping people apply that forward in ways that they can um, take action in their own lives. And then working with companies who are really trying to make a difference, who predicate their whole reason for being on making products that don't harm humans or this ecosystem that we're a part of. And that's game changing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I, I love what you're doing. And I so appreciate that you all are holding such a high standard for people to be able to make decisions around products. A question for you, just from a practical perspective, and and I, as I say this out loud, I, I assume the hard line is really the way to go, but just out of curiosity, whether it's through MadeSafe or other areas, is there a way where I, as a consumer, can better understand, like on, I guess, a spectrum, worst choice to best choice? Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like when you spoke about mascara, like some may say, okay, so could I get fake lashes put on instead? What would be the choice? You know, obviously no mascara is the best, you know, mascara may be like the worst and fake eyelashes in the middle. Like I'm just making that up. So is there something, so I know just, I just threw a lot out, out there, but I, I guess the bottom line of my question is how do we make decisions when we don't have perfect and we have to live our lives and we want to choose better than worse, but if perfect isn't available to us. Yeah. So one is on Made Safe. We have a ton of information. We have over 3,000 products certified in all kinds of categories. For this one, I'd okay. say go to our household category, see if we happen to have something on that. If not, okay. search our blog. Have we written about it? We have written a lot about giving people ways in on, you know, from buying various kinds of personal care products to what to use in your kitchen. Um, full disclosure, we haven't, you're not gonna find pots and pans on our website. That's um, 
there are a lot of uh, rules and regulations around that, but I'll give you the quick and dirty details on that. Um, nothing nonstick, even if it claims to be, you know, naturally nonstick, I don't buy it. Um, use stainless steel, a good, um, well-seasoned cast iron, yay. And in terms of ceramic, make sure it has a really good enamel that can last in your oven for years and years. I like the kind of ones that come from Portugal that have been, you know, it's a um, maybe Le Creuset or one of those kinds of um, pants, not nonstick. Did I get that? Like no nonstick. The other basic rule of advice that I give is avoid the poison peas. The poison peas for me, helping people remember are no pesticides, no plastics, no PFAS, and no persistent pollutants. And in there I throw like, you know, flame retardants and all kinds of really nasty chemicals that are all in our band list. Um, but find ways into all kinds of things that you're using in your home. But that's just a good trigger for yourself being like, could this contain, you know, I'm shopping and I'm trying to do better and I need a quick way of remembering this. And I'm going to ask, is there a pesticide in here? Where do those come in? They come into anything that's claiming to be antimicrobial or, um, Mm, hello, we're all like COVID phobic, right? And we're spraying our counters down and all of that. Well, anything that is claiming to be a serious disinfectant, that's probably got a pesticide in there doing that action. Use that sparingly. When someone in your house is actively sick with the flu, COVID, great time for a disinfectant, but otherwise understand both how long it has to sit on the surface to take action and do its job. Most people use their cleaning items wrong. And when just simple soap and water is going to do the trick, because guess what? You can do that. You can avoid all of these chemicals. We work with a company named Meliora, and they have a powder that you put into glass. You add the water, you shake it up, and it is like a soap and water spray. I use that on my counters, in my bathrooms, all over the place when I don't need something heavy duty. And that has no chemicals, no fragrance, none of the allergens. Like that's a great way to ask yourself. Um, on the plastics, they sneak in in ways you don't expect. They're in fragrance. These things called phthalates are in fragrance and they're plasticizing chemicals. Guess where else they are? Femcare, which is disgusting. But one of the things that um, properties of bisphenols, uh, as well as phthalates, um, but certain kinds of plastics are expansive. That means they are water absorbing and they end up in the SAPs or super absorbent polymers. And you're putting those in your body or your underwear next to some of your most sensitive tissue and they have the chance to migrate. What they do in our bodies, you know, we've studied in other animals and we know, for example, that they're endocrine active um, ingredients, meaning endocrine disrupting chemicals. I talked about this earlier, those EDCs, those endocrine disrupting chemicals that play on our hormone system, that symphony, and can lead to all kinds of potential harms. We just want to avoid them. Every scientist I talk to says the best method of prevention is 
not having the exposure in the first place. So thinking about where those come from. At MadeSafe, we have certified FemCare, so you can look at that. We have certified cleaners, so you can look at that. NatraCare is a great company started in the UK by an activist who wanted to take on this issue. And, you know, I have daughters and I don't want them using pesticides and plastics in their most sensitive tissue, especially because they're developing. And I don't know what those things, or sometimes they do know that there are certain consequences. And so I'm going to use something pure and I'm going to use something made safe certified for them. Um, and same with the um, perfluorinated and polyfluorinated ingredients, those PFAS, uh, they sneak in all kinds of places. Um, and so you want to make sure they're not in your products. And um, yeah, I, I could go on about this all day. I would stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I, I know I'm going to your website uh, now that we've spoken and I have other things that I want to research um, that I hadn't thought of and, and hadn't been aware of um, until we had this discussion today. So I so appreciate your passion and, and how you're being so diligent and thorough and really drawing a hard line around how you all are certifying products because it's it's clearly needed and, and will have a positive impact. So if you had one takeaway for us all, what would that be? But protect your health. You're your own advocate, be it. it. I'm not saying it will always be easy, but I am here. My organization is here. We will be a resource, a guide, and um, you can do this, but it doesn't happen by accident. It only happens with being proactive. Uh, but the good news is you can do it. You can impact your health for the better and you can help change the world while you're at it. That's awesome. Thank you truly for your dedication and for making time. Um, I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope to see you on the tennis court again soon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Me too. Thank you so much, Georgie, for what you're doing and um, for shining a light on so many issues that otherwise just don't get enough conversation. And, uh, you know, I always talk about creating a monsurgency because I think we are the change makers and no one yep. is going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this discussion on the FemPower Health podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to information that is referred to in this episode. And if you like this episode and found it timely and valuable, please take a moment to tell a friend or a colleague about FemPower Health. And right after this episode is over, please think of one person who might find this episode helpful and tell them about it. And if your friend is new to podcasting, please show them how to subscribe to our show. And another way to support FemPower Health Podcast is to leave a review where you listen to podcasts. And as a reminder, the information shared by FemPower Health is not medical advice, but for information purposes to enable you to have more effective conversations with your doctor. Always talk to your doctor before making health-related decisions. Additionally, the views expressed by the FemPower Health Podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. See you next week.
And that wraps up another empowering session here at the FemPower Health Podcast. Now, before you dash off, I've got a quick, exciting invitation for you. Please join our vibrant community by subscribing to our weekly newsletter, because it's really your frontline update on groundbreaking women's health research, the latest health-enhancing products, fun quizzes to boost your health IQ, and unique discoveries that you won't want to miss. All of this delivered straight to your inbox, cutting through the noise of social media algorithms. Love today's insights? Show your support by rating and reviewing our podcast. Your feedback is more than just a pat on our backs here at FemPower Health. It lights the way for others seeking guidance and community in their health journey, amplifying the voices that need to be heard. And for a deeper dive into today's topics, check out the show notes and explore our website at fempower-health.com. Our site is a treasure trove of knowledge, neatly categorized by topics of interest and life stages, ensuring you find exactly what you need to empower your health journey. And your voice matters to us deeply. Whether you have a question, a story to share, or feedback on our episodes, reach out directly at info at fempower-health.com. Drop us a message on social media or hit reply on any newsletter. Your insights inspire our conversations. And a quick note, the knowledge we share is here to embolden you in discussions with your healthcare provider. It's not medical advice. Always consult with your doctor for health decisions. And remember, the diverse perspectives of our guests reflect their individual journeys, and it's not an endorsement by FemPower Health. Here's to empowering your health journey one episode at a time, and I'll see you on the next FemPower Health podcast episode.